RPG Pop Club. RPG Pop Club. RPG Pop Club. RPG Pop Club. Yeah! Hi, I'm Philip Sokoloff. And I'm Sarah Nicole Carter. And this is RPG Pop Club. Each week we play a Star Trek tabletop RPG adventure and then we review it. Today we are playing Demand of Honor. And we're joined by one of our players, Aaron. How are you Hello. doing, Aaron? Good to have you Hi. with us. Doing very well. Thank you for having me. I'm always delighted to be here. I can't wait to hear what hijinks we get up to today. Oh, so many hijinks. So all about all that hijinks. Oh, yeah. We watched, um, well, the the module, as Sarah Nicole mentioned, is Demand of Honor. It has a Gorn right there on the cover. So you know right so away what it's amazing. all about. Um, it's all about red shirts. Aaron, I think you mentioned to me at one point that Gorn were like the only thing you knew about the original series at one point. Yeah, I mean, there's this like uh, classic clip of, you know, a uh, shirtless uh, Captain, you know, Kirk uh, fighting with a Gorn. And, you know, I don't know, there's that, isn't there that clip from um, uh, Cable Guy where he's like singing the, the song, the background song while they're in the arena, like battling each other. Um, it's just pretty, it's pretty amazing. So there's definitely some pop culture references and that one is one of the ones that definitely kind of stuck out in my mind for sure yeah it, it is a vivid example of like you know the guy in the rubber suit and kirk just like whacking at him with his hands together and yeah you know um but it's a did, did you watch the episode uh i did not i know i'm so fired oh man i was gonna I ask know, if totally it exceeded fired. your expectations of of cheesiness and and uh yeah, yeah. I can tell you right now that it, it could never match them. You know, I mean, there's there's a, a B-movie level of expectations that is in my mind. I kind of didn't want to break that, you know? Like, there's a mystique there. It's kind of like seeing the monster. We finally, it's revealed it can never be as scary as what was in your imagination. So, I don't know, in my mind, this epic battle between Kirk and the Gorn, like, nothing could ever, could ever out-cheese or outdo that in any way. So, I had to preserve mm. that. I know. Look at your faces. You're like, you're <laughs> We're just fired. like, no, I don't think it you're could fired. possibly let you down. <laughs> we're yeah, not, we're it's not. justly famous. Yeah, I, right. really, I mean, I appreciate you monologuing as always. It's one of my favorite things. Um, it's a joy when it happens. But in this case, you're wrong. Only in this case? I thought I was <laughs> almost always wrong. <laughs> oh, shit. The one oh. time Aaron was wrong in his monologue. <laughs> the one time. This Usually is uh, the monologue makes it right. This reminds me of being in college when I wouldn't read the textbook and then I would still like enthusiastically participate in the discussion the next day. And the professor would, would ask some question that everyone else knew the answer to. And I would very enthusiastically answer it wrong. And she's like, no, no, did you, did you even read the book? And I'm like, well, that's what I would have done. She's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, Kath, Professor Noonan, I'm having flashbacks. I'm sorry I didn't read your book, your article that you assigned us. I would say there's been plenty of times Philip and I have been in class and just bullshit our way through whatever we were supposed to have done. And yeah. usually it works, you know, but this time, oh, not so much at all. I think I think Sarah Nicole, we still knew more than the teacher, even when we didn't <laughs> read the book, because I'm pretty sure she only read the Wikipedia article. <laughs> oh, and the printoffs. Oh, gosh. Well, um, really nice. I'll say that. Okay. Anyway, Star Trek. Aaron's, yeah, <laughs> we'll see how well Aaron bluffed his way through this. This is Man. Demand of Honor, nineteen eighty four. That's when it was published, um, and it's by J. Andrew Keith. J. Andrew Keith is uh, famous for writing a lot of traveler modules, and um, I think he went on to write other stuff as well maybe like tv scripts and stuff um i i should have really done my research more but i can do that for the next episode should have done the reading he also <laughs> ooh, thanks yeah um uh he also wrote the next module that we're going to be running as well so um he was very prolific i think he was a young guy maybe in his late teens okay again i'm just you know are you making this up? way through <laughs> What are uh, dear listeners? I need to apologize for both of these gentlemen today, who are just bluffing their way through this podcast. I promise that we did play it, 
We are, uh-huh. in fact, Aaron and Philip and Sarah Nicole. Um, this is not, not just born. Eric in a booth making everything up. We are, in fact, not robots. When we have to, <laughs> when we have to do something on Google or you know, log into the Minecraft website, I swear we can recognize crosswalks and um, <laughs> you know, uh, traffic lights and things like that. We are not robots. Here's the thing: <laughs> I fully can't do those. I have so much anxiety. I'm like, is that part of a traffic light? Is it a bicycle? I can't tell. <laughs> I know there's that tiniest little corner of like Does the light count? that goes into another square. And I'm like, I got to have it. It's got like four pixels of, yeah. the, of the light. It's got to go. Guys, they want to know if you're a human. So it's that very hesitation that they yeah. want to see. That very like the mouse hovering and the indecisiveness and then the like the tentative click. That's yeah. what. That's so my anxiety is what they're looking for. Perfect. They want yeah. they want to know. Robots that, don't that have anxiety. Human. I guess not. Do robots dream of anxiety attacks? I don't know. Okay. I could have done know. better with that. It was yeah. A stretch, but I'm gonna allow it. <sighs> Thank you. That was a close one. <laughs> All right, Star Trek. Philip, so you don't know anything about this module. It was written by J. Andrew Keith, and it's we're back with our Starfleet crew. Doing regular Starfleet stuff in space. Regular Starfleet stuff in space. Let's see how it played out, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, we'll just start with landing party. This is where we beat all our crew. Real name, Dave. I play Lieutenant Colin McDonald of Clan Ronald. I am acting commander. Hi, I'm Ava, and I play Ensign Ingrid Jensen. She is a half-Romulan Scandinavian science officer aboard the USS Cody. So, my name is Dri. I'm a Lieutenant Igor Petrenko from Ukraine. This is uh, My name is John. I am Cadet Alejandro Rocasolano. I'm from Spain. I'm in the engineer department. Uh, I am Ensign Valentin Laurent. I am Ensign De Los Santos. So my name is uh, Trist. I'm a doctor. Um, I'm Argelian. So I'm a Vulcan. My name is Tapru. The USS Cody was patrolling along the Gorn frontier when suddenly... Ender, we're receiving a communique to proceed at maximum warp to Clanhaven for new orders. Laurent, set a course to Clanhaven, maximum uh, warp. The Cody is given a delicate mission to deliver a Gorn diplomat to a Gorn rebel outpost on Maltharan II and assist him in putting down their pro-war activities. Maltharan II was within Federation borders, and the rebels had been seriously sabotaging the peace between the Federation and the Gorn hegemony. The crew was warned to tread carefully and to respect the Gorn concept of honor. Ever notice how societies that say they're all about honor are generally the most treacherous and dishonorable? Only by your definition of of treachery, perhaps. You just understand them, Commander. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, getting right to the core conflict. Thank you, guys. So, Lieutenant Petrenko, um, who uh, has not been in the crew for a while, at this point he'd been replaced by a new security officer... Lieutenant Travers. Travers. Travers? I, I will be playing yeah. I'll be playing the role of Travers today. All right. Very good. You guys notice Lieutenant Travers is like quivering with rage. Uh-oh. He's just not holding it under control. Lieutenant Travers, I noticed you seem to be quite emotional. Do you need to take your leave of the room and compose yourself? I'll, I'll be fine, Lieutenant. So I'm sorry, I'll, I'll hold it under control. I, I just want you to be uh, cautious, uh, Commander. <clears throat> I, I don't trust these these murderers. I, I caught your comment about the, the honor code masking their treachery, and I fully agree. We don't want to get into any diplomatic rows, but at the same time, we will definitely keep our guard up. Commander, I'm receiving word that we're ready to name uh, our distinguished passengers aboard. I'll head down to the uh, transporter room, and let me see. Tapru should probably uh, go along as well. Do you bring Travers? He's a security guard. I think 
not, I don't want to risk uh, any incident at this time. Commander, if I could go along, I, I know a few phrases in Gorn. Uh, I'd like to welcome our, our guests. I think that would be uh, very good. On the turbo lift, on their way to the transporter room, McDonald has a confidential chat with his senior officers. Do you know Travers very well? And do you know what's up between him and the Gorn? Was he you know, on a post that had uh, issues with Gorn in the past? The episode that we watched, the arena, it featured a planet which was attacked by the Gorn, and the commander of that planet was named Travers. Gorn killed Travers' father. The Gorn's beams aboard. Commander, it is a great honor to be beamed aboard your ships. Are you guys ready for my my Gorn attempt? Good. Can't with either of you, any of you, right now. <laughs> he introduces like, himself like words in Gorn language. You guys, I don't know. You don't get that, but yeah. No, me and Aaron get each other for sure. We Gorn yeah. for sure. Just keep going with this, Aaron. Can I offer you a towel to? Uh... <laughs> My name is Slee, son of the Autark of the Colonies, once captain of the cruiser Gressril. Does he have um, scars on his chest from getting blasted by diamonds? Yes. God, are we hams or what? I stand with this statement. You're out of control. I love it. Aaron, so you hadn't watched the episode and you're like, here's how it's done. Pretty, Again, you know, I'm, I'm like the guy that didn't read the book and still engages in the lively debate uh, with everyone else and looks like a fool. This time it worked out in my favor. So, yes, score one fun. for flying by the seat of our, your pants. I don't know if our audience could hear, could detect this, but that was like going back and forth between me and Aaron. It wasn't just all Aaron or just me. We're just having yeah, a straight-up conversation of Slytherin. You, you definitely have a little more baritone, uh, or I, I, more bass to my baritone, I think. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, we were in choir together them. back in the day. Yeah, that's how this, yeah. It's not quite how this all started, but it was pretty close to the beginning there. Pretty much. Do you guys want awesome. me to leave? Like, yeah, can you guys get out of here? <laughs> the room. My goodness. You guys are getting a little, a little flirtatious. I know. Anyway, the it's ship. It's always been like that. The ship got underway, and Travers was sent to sickbay to get treatment from the doctor slash bartender. <laughs> yes. I, um, so I check him out with my tricorder and whatnot, and then um, yeah. I also do my empath abilities on him. Those like our cameo from April that day. No, just kidding. She came in and did a lot of stuff later. Uh, so so she got him good and drunk, uh, and he poured out his backstory of hating Gorn for killing his father. After a nice heart-to-heart, they joined the rest of the officers in the Gorn captain's guest quarters for a party. Ain't no party like a Gorn party. Klingons. Laurent pounds his wine. Slams it on the table. Yes. <laughs> I'm gritting my teeth, like trying to be diplomatic, but I hate every minute of it because these dead eyed lizard creatures are just creepy as hell. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I mean, we spent a lot of time at the party, just like, oh, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? And, you know, just that's the sort of stuff we love. On brand do, do, for us. I'm, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Juice. I don't remember. <laughs> what are the what do the Gorn love to drink? What is their drink of choice? Oh, man. I don't remember. Can we make something up? Yeah. Hmm. It's a mystery. It's a, yeah. I don't know. You did yeah. not didn't Fresh, remember that because you did Precious really bodily food. fluids. You don't remember, then your character doesn't remember. <laughs> doesn't remember. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, everyone heard a chilling sound they all knew. 
that of a phaser set on overload. Yeah, we better get the heck out of here. Is it in the gray thing? Like the, with the light fixture? Yeah. Ro roll a luck check. I'm I'm just gonna get that guy out of here. I mean, how close are we to the it's Yeah, definitely get that guy out there. Blowing here. I passed luck. Dave, you found it. You found yeah. the phaser. Yeah. It's Lieutenant Travers personal phaser that he got from his dad. Oh, oh, overload. What are you gonna do with it? Come on. Um, oh, overload. If if I can't immediately uh, set it back to safety, I throw it in a trash chute that'll head out in space. <laughs> All right. You throw it down a, a disposal chute and goes. <laughs> the ship suffers a uh, five EU of damage. Can the computer please locate Lieutenant Travers? Lieutenant Travers is in the path. Is that the party? He's at the fucking party? Oh, yeah, he's there. Who the fuck invited Travers to the stupid party? He's like, I didn't do it. I was in the sick bay. And he was. Hello. That's true. I've been with him the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. Tune in next week, viewers, for the exciting conclusion of... <laughs> Aaron, that's not Star Trek, dude. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Old-timey video, Is that more Buck, uh, you know, Buck Rogers? Tune in next week. Oh, my week. God. Exciting adventure. Well, we'll have to do all the Buck Rogers adventures next. Oh, my gosh. That'll be an easy Buck sell. Rogers. Hmm. Is Buck Rogers as sexy as uh, Spock? Shut your mouth. There's a, there is a 70s TV show about Buck Rogers. Of course, there's older um, serials, like black and white serials. And uh, but the seventies one at least is sexy. I can tell you that much. Um, I don't know a lot about it. The um, the woman who took over TSR after Gary Gygax, Lorraine Williams, her family owned Buck Rogers, and so they pushed out like a Buck kept Rogers him in a cage or something like <laughs> they owned the property. I thought that was frowned on at least in this country. You're drunk. I wish. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there is a whole uh, TSR, AD and D based Buck Rogers RPG. Okay, now we no have bought, to play but it. they, you know, they they got royalties from selling their own property. Wow. Is it? Does it have modules? I think so. No one ever talks about it, but you oh, know, that's our whole that. thing is that we make things a thing. Yeah. Where, yeah. All right. And then uh, no one can afford the modules anymore because we made them famous. I Popular. I something off the internet yesterday or and something that we had talked about on this podcast. Right here. Right here. It was like a billion dollars. And I was like, who is What was it? Oh, it wasn't that. That's, I, I'm show, Eric's showing off his copy of Show It Off Again. Star Just Trek Concordance by Trimble. Isn't that pretty? It is. You know, it has a little damage, but that's okay. That shows love. That's the historical, like, joy of it. Could you stop fingering the damage? It's amazing. You're just, it you're just trying a wheel to be, on the front. You're just trying you to be look okay. Up the episodes with that wheel. Yeah. What did you try to look up, Sarah Nicole? Now I'm dying to know. Those maps, because I wanted to buy those maps. Oh, the Star Trek them. maps. They come up. Uh, you just, you know, just set a, an alert on eBay. Okay. And, uh. I want to get two sets so I can frame both sides. God, I love you. Wouldn't that be Maybe. cool? Yeah, that's what you have to do. I know, right? I don't want to pay that much. Dear listeners, stop buying those maps so I can get them to frame them yeah. for my house. We have talked about the maps, but don't don't pay attention to us. Pretend. Pretend. Or, thing. or awesome buy today. them and then send them to Sarah Nicole. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, we're not going to get paid, but we can, you can always take donations. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, or you know, just send us money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or um, send us the RPG um, module that you wrote for us. Mm -hmm. There you go. Or um, fan art. Take a picture of yourself with like our gear. Yeah. Our Scott Ship Cody backpack. There you go. Or just take money out of your mom's purse and uh, put it in the mail <laughs> and send it to us. Um, I wish you won't notice. Podcast. She won't notice. The adventure is that, very entertaining. We should get back to it. With oh, all that box wine she drinks, she'll never notice. Stop describing me. Yeah, my I know. kids are gonna listen to this. I know they're gonna go in my purse. Okay. Yeah. So the Gorn Aid Slasarn Philip, did I say his name right? 
Is you there gotta a right have leg? more hissing in there. Okay, so yeah, that is his name. <laughs> he took exception to this turn of events. I told you, sir, you cannot trust this federation. They're all dishonest. What are you talking about? We just tried to save you, and we're trying to put this guy in the brig, and we disabled the thing. We would all die. Uh-oh. Yellow alert. All stations, yellow alert. Commander McDonald to the bridge. Commander McDonald to the bridge. On the way to the bridge, I um, order a security to you know stand guard outside the Gorn's quarters. We're getting a distress signal from a Gorn shuttle, Seslasar. Courier shuttle, Seslasar, under attack. Shields are down. Power near zero. Of course, it's like Gorn. <laughs> Attacker yeah. is closing for attack run. Need assistance. Hegemony or Federation vessel respond. Please. Yeah. Laurent, do you want to uh, give uh, some plotting information to the commander? Here, yes. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, security officers to to Lieutenant Tapru. Yep. Uh, we've been assigned at the, to uh, to keep the Gorn safe by, by the commander. Uh, the Gorn, however, insisting to uh, to come up to the bridge. And see what uh, what's going on, okay. Eric. You can you can get there within half an hour. All you have to do is pay the five EU cost to 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 um to turn. You can All maintain right. your 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 current speed. We will uh, have no more energy units for the day. To prove. Oh. oh God, no Lieutenant, uh, yeah. the Gorder are requesting that you uh, assign a, a liaison for them to talk to directly. Oh, okay. I I think the captain said that you could bring them up. Maybe not all of them, but like like, do they all want to come up or just like uh, the main? Could, the captain and his uh, aide will be fine. The Gorn arrived on the bridge. Do you want to send a message back and talk to them and make sure that it's valid before we spend the rest of our energy to go to this? Or what do you okay. advise? Yeah. Yes, I will send a message. And um, De Los Santos, I'm going to give you like the side eye, like to listen in on that shit. Did we lose Aaron? I think we lost Aaron. He's got to be able to see what they actually said, though. Shit. Oh, shit. Shit. Commander, honor demands aid be rendered. Yeah, I think it's a trap, too, but we got to go, right? Uh oh. Lieutenant Pru, it's Lieutenant Travers. Oh, I also think it's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting. It's like the subtlest little uh, insertion ever. (laughs) So much effort there, Philip. I love it. (laughs) I normally don't like uh, having NPCs that I play that tag along and and comment on everything that's going on, but but this guy was kind of fun, right? It's the earnest young guy who's just like, you know, when you killed my parents, me. Everyone was like, "It's a trap." Yeah, it's probably a trap. <laughs> I also I think it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the module, of course, but yeah. Yeah. Can I just say how much I love your little like naval whistle? That is just every time Perfect. it makes me jump a little bit. I'm like, oh god, what now? It's called the bosun's pipe. See, look at this. The sea, sea Scouts pays off again. No, sing a shanty, please. <laughs> He'll sing Another one. Thing we all did together back in the day, you guys. Yeah. Wow. Oh. So, Philip, the other day, I'm sorry to interject on our podcast, but my mom, um, I think was, or maybe it was Eric's mom, was asking if you could, um, yeah, it was Eric's mom who was asking if you could pilot a, a catamaran, I believe. <laughs> So she wants you to take her to, I think, the, um, what is it, the Virgin Islands, pilot a catamaran? So just Holy think crap. about it. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. Sold. Dear listeners, <laughs> um, Philip is an experienced sailor. So if you would like to hire him to sail your crew somewhere, <laughs> I'm going to sell his services on the podcast. So just, you know, in that letter where you're sending your mom's cash, also put your request for Philip to sail you somewhere. That's oh, nice right. little cross promotion. Yeah. 
Anyway. Yeah. The Cody arrived at the asteroid belt where the Gorn vessel lay, clearly disabled and reading weak life signs at best. Laurent, Tapru, Triss, Jensen, and three of the Gorn were sent across to investigate. They found signs that there had been a fight among the crew. There's a total of eight bodies on board, including one found hunched over the ship's communications console, the luckless individual who sent the final distress call. I thought it was his voice. Oh, no! Makes several formal gestures over the body, some sort of a ritual thing. He was my childhood friend, if anyone cares. I swear! How do you know? His name was Grossig. <laughs> if anyone cares. <laughs> wow. are so sentimental. Yeah. They have feelings too. Well, back on the Cody, Commander McDonald effected some repairs and found some energy to play with. That sounds dirty. We have a vessel coming at us out of the asteroid belt. Uh-oh. Here we are on the... Yeah, we're fucked. Can you guys uh, and and can your uh, Gorn try to function? Know, yes, let's try to get it. Operate the ship and yes, aboard the derelict. Jensen uses her ship design skills to work on trying to repair the superstructure damage, while Tapru used her computer skills to try and repair the computer systems. Commander, we have the enemy Gorn vessel firing up their phasers and charging their shields. You have orders? Forward shields only. Commander, they're let's firing see. on us. There was an exciting battle which ended up with the enemy ship getting hit pretty badly and fleeing. Commander, do we have orders to pursue? No, we can't afford it. Should we stay and lick our wounds? Yeah. Also, um, we've got people back on the other Gorn ship. Very good, Commander. The crew aboard the derelict successfully repaired it and sent it back to Clanhaven under the command of Slarn. Somebody else say it. You nailed it. No, but you, you guys say it with the hissing. It sounds better. Salasarn. He's much better. To, to report on the events that had taken place. Ooh, good. Let's do warp four, and I assign a crew to um, repair damage. Commander's log, stardate 7305.4. The Cody is on its way to Maltharan 2, with a Gorn ambassador and his crew to see if we can head off the Gorn war between the Federation and also the Gorn civil war. We've had an encounter with the Gorn actionists and we hope to avoid any further encounters uh, because we are low on energy. We expect to arrive at Maltharan 2 in approximately six days. There it is. Well, they arrived at the planet without further incident. On the planet they detected a Gorn courier vessel. Actually, the derelict from a few days before. <gasps> Tapru and Laurent are going to stay on board the Cody in case there's another altercation. The rest of the officers prepared to shuttle down to the planet along with the Gorn captain. Lieutenant Com Travers appears on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the bridge. Commander, I'd like to go too. I want a chance to prove myself. Can you uh, hold yourself in check? Yes, sir. I think I can. <laughs> oh <laughs> to prove and Laurent tracked the shuttle's progress as it set down when suddenly deflector shields came up all around the Gorn Rebel base. Hey, can to prove uh, our communications are being jammed. I can no longer reach the landing party. Well, I'll just leave them and we'll go home. Laurent and Tapru did pick up one transmission coming from the base. It's Slasarn. His message yeah. in full is, This is Officer Leader Slasarn, speaking for Sisley, Captain Leader. The cruisers, Sissing Sea and Sissigree are summoned off station. Make maximum speed to this base. Now that our captain leader has been delivered safely, you may destroy the orbiting Federation ship if necessary. Oh. Our estimates make your ETA 45 Ooh. minutes from now. Ooh. If you proceed at maximum speed, Slesarn speaking for their captain leader, ending message. 
Boo, that dickhead. Can we contact? Curse your sudden yet inevitable betrayal. It should should we retreat or should we def- stay and defend ourselves? We have forty five minutes. I guess we need to to hold out to see if the crew can somehow get the Lenny party can uh, lower the shields and before the forty five minutes is up. It turned out the landing party upon landing had been immediately ambushed by overwhelming force and was fired upon by a whole lot of stun weapons. Uh, Gorns, of course. They woke in a detention cell. Landing party. Are you there? This is the Cody. No response. Maybe there's a power supply outside of the shield that we can fire upon from orbit? Do you need a ground team to disable a shield generator? Or has Star Wars been lying to me my whole life? Nice. The landing party tried to figure out a ruse to get out of the detention block. They called for Slasarn. Well, he comes in and he starts to taunt you. Weak, miserable aliens. <laughs> you are a failure. Your plans will not succeed. Our plans are only for peaceful coexistence and to honor our agreements. You, however, are dishonorable. You do not follow your own agreements. Murder your own people, your own envoys. You do not understand our codes. Your appeals to my honor fall on deaf ears. <laughs> Travers jumped off the wall and then, like, jumped into Slessar and knocking him down. All right, Commander, let's do okay, it. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's slam him with the bench. Yeah, get him. Bench slamming time. April's attacking him with her empathy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can try and like um, use my empathy to like influence him to calm down. While we're beating him. Why is your heart racing? Calm down. <laughs> but we we hit him harder than uh, you know in 1998 when. Uh, Undertaker threw mankind off of Hell in a Cell, and he fell sixteen th- feet through the mattress <laughs> table. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Oh my god! Shout Eric. out, to my boy, you shitty morph right there. Yeah. Oh man, I was just thinking about wrestling today because because The Rock actually. Yeah. I, used to, I watched him before he was like a, a pop culture sensation. He was just a wrestler, but he was yeah. always amazing. There's anyway. those some quality ages back when it was still the WWF and, and the WCW, you know, as the, uh-huh. as the Monday Night the, Wars, baby. The the cheap counter to that, yeah. Oh my god, um, it was pretty amazing stuff. No, they threw they threw all the money at it, and it still sucked. WWF is where it was at. Well, yeah, we'll do that next, listeners. Maybe we'll do yeah, some god, is, WWF. Is there a- 1990s WWF role playing game or something that would be amazing. Well, didn't we watch WrestleMania together once? Probably. I hope so. I saw the Undertaker live at WrestleMania, and the remember the Bushwhackers, the tag team. Remember them? No. They would come out and they would go. Like, you can't see this, dear listeners, but they go like this. It's amazing. Anyway, it's a pretty amazing I, dance. It's tugging at some distant memory of mine, but I, I want to say there is an RPG where you play as professional wrestlers. Uh, it's somewhere in the back of the recesses of my imagination. Uh, we'll have to dig that up. Listeners, if you know about this RPG, please, 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 please email us. We have to know. Have Let to. us know, dear listeners. <laughs> Send in your decoder ring with the code from the bottom of the milk. What is it? Envelopes full of money. I dropped it. That's right. <laughs> Pick well. up your parents' treasure chest and send it to one two three Southwest Street. <laughs> um, well, anyway, do you guys think the landing party successfully bu- busted out of prison or not? Hell yeah! I know the well, answer. So they're not punk ass bitches. <laughs> um, so they, you know, they snuck around a bit. Um, um, sexually, I'm sure they they recovered their equipment. They explore the compound, looking for sabotage opportunities. Sexually Meanwhile, sabotage opportunities. That's right. Back on the Cody. Okay, so we've been researching, trying to figure out how we can bypass the shields. 
And I figured out that if we can use the focus enhancers with iconic subspace inhibitors, we should be able to align the phase of the phaser with the shield and uh, uh, be able to attack and damage the shield generator. But if the inner wow. pulse wave is down, we can readjust the tetrion generators with the interphasic subspace phaser array and use the multi-carbonide pattern to uh, <laughs> That was some yes. some serious techno babble, you guys. That was quality. <laughs> Nerd alert. Yeah. That was excellent. We both Thank rolled very good. All right, one of uh, one of you maybe Eric roll a d10 to see where where the shot hit. Equalize the sub-evasive interface link with tactical terminal to do this shot, please. Okay. Uh, I'll make sure I'm going to use the Lexorian subspace grid. Uh, I rolled a three. <laughs> you guys, that's something we talked about in episode one, that there was a Technobabble, uh, some sort of tool that we could use. And that was, I think, the first time we pulled it out. Oh and it was just so out of nowhere. None of us were expecting it. And you guys just busted it out. <laughs> It was amazing. That impromptu techno babble gets me so hard right now. <laughs> amazing. It's just incredible. It was fun. I, I think, think we like, were... Yeah. Well, we had cut away to, to the other group, and they were sneaking around. And like I gave you guys homework. Like, well, you guys got to figure out, because just, just shooting at it is not going to be enough. And that's what you came up with. It was great. <laughs> we were ready. Were you ever... And now well, I am ready, let me tell you. <laughs> All that sexily sneaking around in the Gorn base and techno babble. Man, you guys know how to get me going. The, the shot narrowly, narrowly missed, but it still caused a drop in the shields, not completely disabling them. Meanwhile, the landing party found the turbo lift. Is there like awkward silence in the turbo lift? <laughs> yeah. No, there, there is some awkward silence, but then the reptiles fart. But then Travers like turns to them and's like, Ambassador, I I just wanted to say, and the ambassador says, Let's worry about that later, kid. Oh, it's a nice moment. And they just sort of like they they exchange curt nods. <laughs> And they like go with their weapons <laughs> as the as the turbo lift doors open. <laughs> Thank you. Such a quality moment right there. Yeah. I think I think Dave was trying to say that girl from Ipanema was playing in the background of the elevator. Oh, nice! Because <laughs> that's the that's the Eric classic. That, yeah, elevator yeah. music. Well, and Eric said mm -hmm. that the Gorns were farting and. <laughs> So many bits. It was an elevator scene. It's so good. <laughs> like and their magic moments together. Amazing. So after the turbo lift doors opened, there was an epic shootout and karate fight with the Gorn rebels who were guarding the shield generator. The heroes then aimed their phasers at the shield generator computers and fired. The shields were down. Yeah, let's let's run for the courier ship. All right, you guys run out, you take over the courier ship. And uh, and Slee, I assume, would know how to pilot it and all that sort of thing. He's like, it's like this. You hit the all the Gorn the Gorn buttons instead of having the like the you know, it's like they're all like giant levers and like <laughs> big buttons like this big. They have to go pound. <laughs> so you're saying it's like a toddler's version of a spaceship? It is. It is. <laughs> It's like a smiley face and a sad face over there. And by my calculations, it's exactly 45 minutes. So the attacking vessels show up. You guys want to fight them? Hell yeah. I prefer well, to get actually. the hell out of here. All right. Yeah. Get as far away as we can and call the Enterprise. Does that mean we lost another shuttle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you left Daisy and Buttercup and Hubierta that are all now gone. <laughs> yeah. How many shuttles is that that we've lost by that point? That's at least the third shuttle. There's the yeah. shuttlecraft. There was the the saver uh, ruins, and then um, hazards of space. John tore apart the shuttle, hmm. and then this is at least the third one that just got left behind for some reason or another. Yeah, at least three. Maybe this started like a shuttle count. 
And and that's pretty much the adventure. Slee assured MacDonald the Gorn would be able to put down the Pearl War conspirators and would have no problem obtaining peace with the Federation. You know, the Federation earned their respect and all was good. And there was a fun cameo of the Enterprise showing up. Aaron was flirting with Uhura. April was flirting with Captain Kirk. Uh, the Gorn and Kirk had a nice little reunion, you know. And, and then... Uh, Everyone made some jokes right before the end credits rolled. Yay! Yay! We did it! We did it. It was perfect, you guys. Well, Aaron, what are your thoughts about this adventure? Oh, I mean, I had a blast. You know, I don't don't know that I have thought about it critically in terms of the adventure. It's going to take me a minute to think about... I don't know. What did we talk about last time? What percentage sandbox versus, you know, um, freight train this was? Um, Mm-hmm. I mean, high, high, yeah, high, high freight train, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. choo-choo, motherfucker. No, I mean, we, we had a blast with it. You know, I did for sure. We had a lot of great pop culture references and, you know, sexily sneaking around. And you and I with our amazing Gorn, um, you know, uh, there's we, I had fun. a blast with this one. It was, it was really fun. This is one of the, like, this one really flowed well. This was one of the ones that I think that just played really well from a player perspective. So. I had a great time with it. I don't know how much of that was just us or how much was the module. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the the question of linear versus uh, sandboxy. Definitely on the linear side. Um, it's basically, it's a story, right? It, everything that happens, happens in sequence. And, you know, all those like uh, the bosun's pipe stuff, you know, now you're under attack. Now, you know, there's another ship coming in. Now there's a distress signal. Now the Gordon are saying what's what's going on and Travers is, is out of control and all that stuff. So pretty pre-programmed. But, to, but as far as linear adventures go, yeah, great fun. A lot of room for improv. I mean, it's, it's that kind of role-playing where you're just kind of hamming it up. But boy, did we. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a blast, you know. And that's just us and are hamming it up. I don't know. It just felt, it felt very like classic, like not low stakes, but you know, kind of, I I don't, it was just fun. I had such a great time with this one. And uh, dude, I'm sorry, but Gorn language is just so fun to hiss and, and, you know, through. That was an unexpected delight. Any thoughts, Sarah Nicole? What did you actually get as the game master? Like what, how many pages like what what was your what did they give you it's it's about it's 48 pages what <laughs> it's 48 pages there's a lot so you know we we've just come off doing three klingon adventures which came with a box set which went all into klingons and the novel um and so maybe they were under pressure to like to flesh out the gorns as well i know they later came out with a romulans set I think they just thought that was the role of an RPG was to flesh out all these societies. Well, anyway, there is a ton of it in here of Gorn ecology, you know, like here's their society and like how their government works and the oh factions. Please, please tell me there's like mating habits and rituals and stuff in there. Please. I I don't remember. And if there is, I skipped it. If they, if they mentioned that their favorite <laughs> drinks, probably not. No, it's a little bit too like uh their politics and, and also like their ideas of honor, just going all into detail about exactly how their concepts of honor work. And that was just kind of stuff. Like there was a whole briefing at the beginning and I was like, I started in on it and I was like, ah, fuck it. There's a pro war faction and an anti-war faction. What more do you need to know? And really there isn't much. There's another NPC that they send along with you named Lieutenant Price, who's uh, like a Gorn culture expert. And she was supposed to at every turn be like, well, you're supposed to respect, um, you know, their request at this point. Otherwise, you'll offend them. And I don't know, just like I felt like in the RPG, I had more fun with um, Aaron riffing off and being like, you are being actually dishonorable because you're a dishonorable poopy face. Then like if we actually had gotten into all their ideas of honor for real. So that I kind of hand waved. I thought like, let's keep it on the level of an episode. 
And when we did that, it felt a lot like an episode, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it, and especially for the for us being used to, I think really like dice heavy sort of D and D type stuff, or not used to, but like where we came from, the idea of like I, I'm going to make up what you know I think is honorable based on my understanding of Gorn culture, and you're like, all right, well, roll for it, you know, let's see, like, is that in fact based on real knowledge of Gorn culture, or are you just bluffing and you're going to get called on it and you know, it was like at the very beginning, I don't think we included it in the recap, but like, I was like, oh, I want to see if I speak Gorn. You're like, well, you better roll and roll really well. And I just happened to get lucky in that sense. And it, it worked out, you know, but that to me is more fun. Like, let's let's make our own, like kind of how we did about, oh, you, you share your consort and the Klingon thing. Like, well, we're making our own, you know, canon here and we're going to let the dice tell us if, if uh, your crazy out of left field idea is going to work within the setting or not. So. Um, yeah, the stuff we did where we just made up our own Gorn stuff and, and let it let it run rather than what sounds like really incredibly dry, you know, material that you were supposed to read and memorize and then spit out at us with an obnoxious, you know, diplomat. Uh, I don't know, it just felt better. I'm, I'm not sure I, I would have done it justice, even if it was well done. See, with the Klingons, we had the novel. The novel right. really helped me get into it. If I had had to read the whole box set, uh, I probably I probably wouldn't have enjoyed doing that, and I probably wouldn't have gotten it a lot across, especially to the rest of the players who also probably hadn't read the box set. So, I think I made the good call there. And you know, the other thing is, this is the second module that we've had that explicitly explicitly says this is a two parter. You probably want to stop in the middle and um, and have a second session. So you know that break where we had the commander's log after all the you know. They found the derelict and all that stuff. That was supposed to have been one session. And then all the stuff on the planet was supposed to be a whole nother session. And, you know, I was playing it by ear as I do. And I was just kind of like, eh, I just don't think there's that much there for it to be two sessions. I, I'm shocked when you said that it was a 48 page module. Cause I was going to guess like six pages maybe. Um, and that's not any sort of dig, right? I I I just can't. I mean, you've told us that it's this background on the Gorn. I can't see in one night us getting that deep, right? Or you needing to get that deep for one night or a two night adventure. Like having to do that much homework seems like a lot, especially if it didn't really affect the gameplay or the story. Yeah, it was it was it was a bit of a slog of a read. But uh, the other thing is, uh, I'll. Most of these modules, the, the standalone modules, are this many pages. There's a lot of padding in the form of this whole business. You know, I don't know if you guys can see um, the. They have some Gorn vessels detailed in here, and that's cool. They have deck plans for the ship, oh, but then cool. they have all the like, you know, sheets and sheets and sheets of like all the different control panels on the ship because it's just part of that RPG. Is that each station on the ship has its own full sheet of uh, you know, stats, stats and stats and stats, numbers and stuff. Here's a damage control display with about a zillion boxes on it. So um, we we did gloss over it in the recap because it's kind of difficult to recap a combat, but there was a long ship-to-ship -ship combat there towards the end of the first half against the one Gorn vessel, and we had uh, the Cody... Uh, fighting it, and then at the end, there was towards the end, there was a, a like a just a fight with the Gorns that we just said there was an awesome epic uh, phaser battle and karate battle with the Gorns. Both of those took a, a good deal of time, and they were pretty, um, you know, pretty good art battles as far as RPG battles go. I thought, but um, only so much we can cover in the recap. But so there was a we, lot of stuff when you did the. When you did the ship to ship battles, we were using the rules that we had used before. We weren't using anything new from this module. Right. Yeah, we're just basically using our um the stuff from Starships and Spacemen. Right. Okay. Yeah. It has a lot of maps. I like, I like that. It kind of says the second half it's like so the second half is more sandboxy and it kind of is. Um but there's more, you know, like there you get the opportunity to 
to uh, you know go through the compound after you escape from the jail and sort of explore stuff and and I and I I don't remember how much was suggested as far as like the ship firing with the phasers and stuff but that seemed to work really well with splitting the party in that case just mm-hmm. a very classic Star Trek setup right. works really well. Do you but, think that I mean we did it in one night right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that it could be drawn out to two nights? Or do you also well, answer that question first? And then the second question is incoming. Um, we've kind of like, someone asked me the other day, like, what's what's the pace that your group plays at? Are you guys a fast group, a slow group? And I've said back in the day, we were a super slow group. And we've intentionally picked up our pace in this Um but I think that's kind of more satisfactory. I loved the pace, especially of the first half where it was just like thing happening, thing happening, thing happening. I actually thought that linear part of the module was the best part. It was just so exciting. Um, but just all the twists and turns, even though it was just kind of me throwing stuff at you guys and you guys reacting. I, I wouldn't have had it. I wouldn't have had it last longer. There was a compound to explore in the second half, but there wasn't really anything interesting to do there. Once you escaped, I thought one battle, and then like now we fire at the at our phasers at the shield generator. That was just perfectly Star Trekky, and that more or less covered everything. Um, do you think so, you could play the first half without the second half? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you could. If I you're doing like a whole like sandbox campaign, there's plenty plenty of great ideas very star trekky stuff like you find a derelict you you go over in the shuttle and then an enemy vessel appears from out behind an asteroid belt fights you fun. you're trying to repair the one ship and you know your your first ship is like super low on energy and that was like that was really dramatic it's perfect it oh good. the other cool thing it is in the module a lot of the modules that we've been doing basically they assume you're you you are in the enterprise well in this one it was like no, we don't dare send the Enterprise because it's, you know, it'd be like too big and badass. It would be a sign mm-hmm. of war. So we're just going to send a destroyer. And of course, we actually had our scout at the time. Um, we're just going to send the Cody. We're just going to send the Cody. Cody. It's just going to like shuttle you. And if you need help as an absolute last ditch uh, thing, then you can call the Enterprise. And so we actually did end up rendezvousing with the Enterprise, which was fun. A nice little that was fun. That was cool. There was another cool thing that came up, just a, a small thing, but um, there was that whole aspect of like a murder mystery almost, like a whodunit with the phaser. And it was kind of obvious, you know, that it wasn't Travers because that would have been too obvious and it was probably Sliss Lauren. I don't know. Um, but uh, but there was a neat thing where Sarah Nicole, you were like, oh, I, I'm going to pull up all the video footage of the hallway and Eric was like, no, this isn't a Klingon ship. And I was like, right. The Federation is totally an anti-surveillance society. That's what the court martial where they're, you know, they can't really just pull up video cameras of the whole ship just to see where everyone is and what they're doing. That's baked in. I think we might have talked about this before, but I thought that was neat. A neat thing to get into and uh, find out. Yeah, we kind of got used to playing Klingons a little bit there, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. We did. Drinking our juice laid fun. back with our mind on our latinum and our latinum on our mind. Oh, nice t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I had great fun. Eric, please write that down for a t-shirt idea. Thank you. Nothing to write down. It's uh, it's all recorded here. Boom, for posterity. You heard it here first. <laughs> Phil, what were you going to say when I interrupted you with my t-shirt? Oh, just everything. I had fun. I had fun playing the gore, and I had fun playing Travers. Um, it was he was just like that. That classic. In so many episodes, they have that character who like doesn't understand because he's racist, and like he has to overcome his racism, you know. And it was just that classic character arc that you wouldn't want to foist on a PC, really. And yeah. uh, although Eric had had try, you know, tried it out a bit, like Ugh, I have this like innate revulsion of of Gorns, which was great. Kirk talks about that in the episode too. I must overcome my natural revulsion. So, well, yeah. Lizard you know. men. It um it reminded me a little bit. You guys remember that movie Enemy Mine? Uh, also from the eighties. Nobody's seen that one. 
Oh mm-hmm. God, you guys, it's awesome. I'm pretty sure it's called Enemy Mine. And uh, it involves these these two guys crash landed on a planet. There's a human and a, a sort of reptilian, uh, and you know they're alien or they're they're enemies in some cosmic war. But they have to help each other survive, and um, and then they end up. Well, I don't want to spoiler it, but dear leaders, write or dear listeners, write in with your. Review of Enemy Mine, 1984. Yeah, I'm looking it up from 1985, and I think... Five. That, oh, so close. I just guessed that, but... No, you're doing great. I, I think that you get to have a pass on spoilies when it's, um, you know, however many years that is, one million years later. Well, and Dennis I mean, like... Wade, I, I, huh? Oh, God, you guys, you got to watch this movie. It's like a, it's like a surprising, like, gem. Because uh, it's, it's, it's... It's very, it's still very like kind of rubbery lizard suit, very B movie. Uh, there's even like a lot of thorny questions around, you know, like uh, two dads raising a child and like who, who, you know, I mean, there's just, there's, there's some really amazing, interesting questions wrapped in a B movie um, that, you know, didn't get a lot of, uh, well, you know what? I was, Two in 1985. I don't know what kind of coverage it got at the time it came out. Um, you weren't up on up to date on. The, yeah, not so much. I was probably pretty up to date on shit in my pants, but I don't think. Uh, <laughs> quasi B movie sci-fi. I don't know what B plus A minus movie sci-fi at the time with Dennis a, Quaid. I have to know if this is a West War makeup, because then it's allowed to be talked about on this podcast. If it's a what? Westmore. I'm looking. Trying to find it. I'm doing my That's best. Cool. Doing mm. my best to find out. Our listeners are getting like an a, an extra bonus episode, like in the middle of the episode. About- <laughs> we're talking about this movie. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break Bang right for here. Your buck. We're gonna take a ninety minute break while these three watch <laughs> Enemy Mine, and then we're gonna come back. You're gonna hear it like in the distance, two in the morning or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, talk about Enemy Mine. I'm gonna have to okay. rewatch it. I I watched it in the late '90s, early 2000s, I think, and it's it is a great film. I mean, it really is. It so, reminded me of the episode "The Arena" from Star Trek. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> you should. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> you don't say, man. I would like to argue passionately about uh, that episode without having watched it. Shall we? Yeah. yeah. No, it's. It, I, I do like that um, sequel aspect. Like, here's what ha- we know what happened in the episode, but like, what happened after? How did mm-hmm. they did they arrange peace? Was it cool? And it wasn't a super original idea that there would have been, you know, factions within it that weren't cool with peace. But um, that was well executed. Do we want to go ahead and score the episode, you guys? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I jumped the gun on this one. Sorry, it was not a Westmore who did that makeup. So never mind. I don't oh, care. Noted. Okay. All right. We typically score these modules on a warp factor scale, warp factor one through ten. What do you say, Aaron? I'm gonna go with warp factor seven point six three seven five. Jesus. All right. And uh, I'm sure you have a solid rationale for that particular number. No, pulled it out of thin air. All right. Uh, no, like I mean. That- Almost I, an eight. Yeah, I mean, I, I I said it. I said it earlier. Like, it was super fun, you know. And like, I know, uh, I know, I'm the teacher who tends to like, you know, uh, enhance everyone's grades uh, just because I'm a fun guy like that, and I like to be a nice guy. But, you know, I mean, I had a blast. I'm not rating the module on its own merits per se, as as much as like how much we had fun with it. And we're just inherently interesting, fun people. So it's always going to be a little bit inflated, but. Yeah, I just, you know, like like you guys are saying, it calls back to a fun episode and it feels adventurous and exciting. Uh, all of that, I think, earns it somewhere between a seven and an eight. And I randomly picked that decimal. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Sarah Nicole. I'm still thinking about my score. I'm trying to I'm trying to really feel out my emotions regarding this, because whenever I listen to our recaps, Mm-hmm. I think to myself, man, that was the most fun I've ever had playing a role-playing game. Listen and to those days of gayness 
Most such of fun. Yeah. Happy fun. And oh, we're all so clever and funny. And every moment must have been the 10 minutes we recapped it. And um, sexy. And so sexy. And I am only remembering the fun moments, right? And mm-hmm. I am trying to think about my actual evening of gameplay. And I'm thinking that there were times when I was like, I'm not as into this as I could be. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to give it a high score based on a recap, but I think I have to give it a 6.5. There you go. That's fair. Well, Philip. Philip. Um, I'm going to give it. Uh, if we're if we're going all out with the decimals, I might join you guys. I'll give it a five point five. All right. I think I think it was a, a good module for what it was. It, pretty linear and a lot of extra stuff that um, made it a bit of a slog to prepare. But um, you read all end- those eighty something pages, man. I know it's intense. Pretty much, I do. Um, there's, yeah, I do skim some of it, but, um, it, uh, it was a memorable evening of adventure. The recap, um, showed at least, you know, if there were that many good parts, then there's something to it. I guess all the elements that went into it and just the imagination, all the Star Trek-y stuff about, um, uh, intrigue aboard the ship, you know, going on different ships and flying them away and finding them again going into the planet, trying to shoot up the um, the uh, the shields. There could have been another ship combat at the end, depending on how it all fell out. It's just got a lot of a lot of things which feel like Star Trek to me. Um, and uh, so I really appreciate the effort that went into it, and the way it played out was pretty entertaining. Not my favorite, but solid. For, for Philip, that's a good score. Yeah. Anything above a five. Now to say five point five still rounds up to one, on a, on a if you zoom out far <laughs> enough. So I'm you know, that's a hundred right there. That's ten out of ten math. <laughs> yep, I agree with you, Phil. Like, All right. I like that there were maps. I didn't realize there were that many maps and things like that. Yeah. Again, they were really populated with the very interesting stuff, but uh, but you know, at least some visual aids for me as as GM helps to. Uh, Helps me to visualize it, which means you can then visualize it. Just use your imagination on, you know, filling out the, the, the interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, that's our review of Demand of Honor, and we hope you like what you heard. Wait do do we get to do we get to get a review from Eric here? I know he's listened to all of this stuff a billion times. Look at his face. He's like, I don't want. I'm not here for this. This is our producer, of course, and fellow player. I want to hear from him. I know we're already in the post credits or whatever, but I, I want to hear his unofficial rating just because I'm I'm sticking my foot in it right now. So here it is. Uh, my unofficial rating, I give it a six. Nice. Um, I thought it had a lot of excellent elements. What? So I, I always look at these modules and I try to see what tools were given the game master to play with. And then what tools were given to the players to play with, like tools, like like toys rather. Um, and I feel like this one had plenty of opportunity for uh, role play and social game, while also like the social aspect of it, um, interacting with NPCs and stuff, while also having plenty of combat opportunities. So um, that's why I give it a I give it a six. But I also agree with Sarah Nicole in that there were plenty of like down moments right where like okay well, i'm waiting for the next thing to happen um so i think you know i i just a six it was solid it was a very solid module mm-hmm. thank you thanks for indulging me <laughs> oh, oh great producer a thinking mm. man's review that's right <laughs> love it well that's our review of demand of honor and we hope you like what you heard if you did Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. We also want to hear from you. So visit our website at (laughs) www.rpgpopclub.com or 
email us at rpgpopclub at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought or if there's a module you would love for us to review. What module are we doing next week, Phil? What indeed? We are doing um, the other module. So we had Demand of Honor by, by Andrew Keith and we have Margin of Profit by Andrew Keith. So Gorns and Orions. I think these have, this one has Orions. There's Orions on the cover. We are, um, so we've had our regular Starfleet campaign and we have our Klingons campaign. We're making new characters for this one. Um, you know, free traders, pirates, merchants, whatever you want to call them. Basically, you're Firefly in space. Again, I said this guy wrote a lot for Traveler. Traveler was like the first real spacefaring RPG or kind of the main one that was out there in the early days. And it was that that format, kind of like Firefly, of just a ship that takes on jobs and runs into stuff and whatever. A small ship, a freighter. So um, we haven't had Andre for some time as a regular in the group. He decided he couldn't do the weekly game. So I was like, well, maybe we'll coax him back for an occasional game. So um, we're going to make Petrenko the the ship captain of the trader ship. And they would also make new characters. So it's not really a side campaign like the Klingon campaign, or it's not a separate campaign. It was more of a side campaign. It's kind of part of the big campaign. We'll weave them together as we'll see. But yes, that is the module we're going to run. And the, the episode we're going to watch for it is journey to Babel. Introduces Don't forget all the- to, don't Races. forget to tune in next week, dear listeners, for Margin of Profit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, Aaron, thank you for being here with us. Oh my God, thank you guys so much for putting up with me again. I adore this. Uh, I get to monologue and people laugh at me. Uh, and I laugh with me, I'm sorry. People laugh at me all the time anyway. So uh-huh. I'm looking for, but um, yeah, thanks for letting me come on and interrupt you and monologue and pull our producer, Eric, into the, the fray and uh, all the rest of it. I love this. Thank you guys for giving me a platform. Yeah. <laughs> a platform here the, for monologuing. <laughs> here in the RPG Pop Club studio where we have the the wall of uh, our, our our Nielsen ratings in, in real time. Uh, it's been going crazy up and down all day. Whenever Aaron would talk, just like way down. <laughs> just, then just like popping back up. Oh, when God. Eric talked, it was just like, you know, bing, bing, through bing, the bing, roof. Bing. Yeah. yeah. All the phone lines are lighting up. <laughs> oh, producer Eric. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's I hope great. we sold a lot a lot of stuff with our commercials. Yep. So send in your envelopes full of cash and we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget Bye. to drink your oval teen. <laughs> Bye. Brown toothpaste. Oh, out of control. Do 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 do